right, welcome back, everybody, to the Libraries and Weight Rooms podcast. My name is DJ Ligori, and this is the show where we aim to build stronger humans through mental fitness. Uh, my name is DJ Ligori, and today we're on episode number 84, and we have an incredible guest today, one of my best friends, an absolute beauty, if there has ever been one. Uh, I'll give a, a quick uh, quick rundown of who it is before we introduce this individual 2018 Utica College graduate was also, I believe he was also the captain of his football team. All right. So, so he's the leader. Uh, Roberts Wesleyan uh, went to Roberts Wesleyan for his master's degree, and he's currently an outside sales rep for Veritiv. And during quarantine, he had a hobby that turned into a side hustle that's going to turn into a career. Without further ado, I'd like to welcome Jack Anton. Thanks, bro. I appreciate you having me on. It's a pleasure. No problem, brother. I think I've been waiting for this one for a while. We're going to give the people some some laughs. We're going to give the people maybe some life lessons. Who knows? God willing, man. God willing. All right. So, Jack, explain to us what happened during quarantine. How did you start to where you are now? Yeah. Um, Well, I guess the best way to start would be to go uh, before quarantine. So, Music has been a really big part of my life. I'm sure it is for everybody, uh, specifically country music and classic rock. You and I, Deej, we have very similar music tastes yep. um, with, you know, from riding around the car and the truck with our dads and being forced to listen. We, I mean, we didn't really have a choice. Yeah. We had to, to like listen. It. We had to like it or else, I mean, CPS was coming to, <laughs> to, to get us, right? So, you know, my dad... I have vivid memories riding in my dad's truck. It was a single cab, Chevy 1500 Silverado. The floorboard was rusted and you couldn't even, like you could see the road like passing through. Yeah. And we would listen to these cassette tapes. That was, that's how old the truck was. It was no CD player, no aux cords back in the, back in the day. I'm not that old, but I'm old enough to remember this, this truck. We listened to like Charlie Daniels and, you know, like Merle Haggard and ACDC and Van Halen and uh, Allman Brothers, all these classic, classic rock and country artists and bands. And that's where my love for music really started, I, I think, when I was a kid, even, you know, hanging out with my mom, listening to what she listened to as well. But fast forward, I've had this idea of wanting to be a musician since I was really little, but I kept thinking like, ah, it's not going to happen for me. You know, I'm just supposed to get a job like everybody else. I go to Nashville with some buddies of mine. I've been to Nashville three times. And every time I go, it's just an incredible experience. Mm -hmm. 10 times better than the last time I've been there. This particular time I was in one of the bars down on Broadway there. And I'm looking at these people playing. I'm looking at the guy singing and I'm like, this guy, really? Like if he's doing it, then I could do it. So that was 2019, the summer of 2019 came home, bought a little pawn shop guitar from a friend of mine, Queso Schwartz, shout out Queso Schwartz and um, boom, quarantine hits. So I'm like, well, here's a good time as any to start learning the basics. Mm-hmm. So I dedicate five minutes a day, beginner guitar lessons on YouTube, just type it in, see what comes up. 
and five minutes a day. Then I put it away the next day, five minutes a day. Then it turned into 10 minutes a day, then to 15 minutes a day. Then it turned into electric lessons and trying to experiment on my own um, with what I can come up with. Um, and then, you know, I started posting stuff on Instagram. You know, here's me seeing a little clip of When It Rains, It Pours by Luke Combs. Um, here's a little clip of Alan Jackson, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, as I kind of got more involved in it, got a thing of business cards made up at Staples and started cold calling these bars. Said, hey, you know, I, I play country music. What can what can we do with some openings? You know, I, this is what I play, this is how much I charge. And a lot of people said, yeah, sure, come on in. So then it turned into this little side hustle for me and put some change in my pocket, a little beer money, and and it's turned into a passion of mine. You know, I, if you would have told me 10 years ago, Jack, you're going to love playing the guitar. I would have told you, no, you're you're crazy. My passions are sports and drinking and girls and trucks. But That's pretty good. Those are pretty good passions, right? Pretty, there. pretty solid passions, if you ask me. But um, it's funny how like you go you get a little older and, you know, you experiment with some things. Mm -hmm. Hey, well, let's try music. And I really like music, you know, and I've noticed that as I've kind of pursued music, my interests in other things kind of that, that I thought I was interested in kind of faded away. Like my my love for football, I still love football. I played football in college. I still love it, but it's not really my passion. Mm -hmm. You know, settling down, having a girlfriend who will eventually become my wife someday, God willing, you know, starting a family. It's funny how, like, as you kind of focus on something that you are really, truly passionate about, other interests kind of come into play and the other stuff kind of fades away too, you know. Tell so, it's almost like you start to uh, prioritize what's really valuable in your life and what exactly. really lights your soul on fire, what you're really passionate exactly. about. And, and I can say from firsthand experience, last Friday, I went and saw this man play at the Blue Barn Cidery in Hilton. Shout out to all of our, our Hilton folks. And Shout out Hilton, New York, baby. Hilton, New York. And that place was buzzing. All right. That I walked. It was the first time I'd ever been there. And I walked in, I went, this place is freaking huge. And there is a ton of people there. And Jack is serenading this whole crowd right now. <laughs> and it was just, it was phenomenal. And you and you played for like three hours, right, Jack? Yeah, I played for three hours, took a short pause for the cause in the middle there. And, you know, got to shake hands and kiss some babies in the middle, you know, make sure people know that you're there for them. And, and um, yeah, it was a good time. That is awesome. And, and I, I think... I, I was I was blown I was a little I wasn't ready for that. That was much much better, much organized. It was beautiful. Like I was sitting there and I'm like, I'm watching Jack play guitar. He sounds great, not only from a singing standpoint, but also from a guitar standpoint. And people are like vibing with him and they're actually like enjoying like what he's doing. I'm like, this is awesome. Right. Like, thank God quarantine gave you this opportunity. Right. Right. Yeah. And to kind of piggyback off of that. I've heard all these stories of, and that wasn't my first gig. I, my first gig was uh, back in February. I played at a hometown bar called the Dakota Bar and Grill. Um, and same thing. That's in Hilton. All The whole town showed up for that. 
And I've heard these stories of people like a bunch of artists that I follow, their first gig just goes downhill south. Like they stutter on stage. They forget the lyrics and they have to like stop the, the show because they were just way too nervous. And I'm not tooting my own horn. I don't believe in being prideful of my own performance or anything like that, but like it couldn't have gone any better in front of my biggest fans, my hometown. And, um, you know, same thing at Blue Barn. You know, my my biggest thing is people like actually like it. Yeah. You know, it's kind of I wasn't expecting people to like I was like, oh, like he's he's OK. I was expecting like kind of, oh, he's all right. Yeah, <laughs> he's, not, he's not. But people come up to me and people I have no I've never met them before. Like, you're really good. It's so one I was playing at an open jam one night at a bar here in Fairport. And this girl's like, you should try out for the voice. And I'm like how much did you have to drink tonight? And she said, I had nothing to drink tonight. And you get enough people to say, you should try out for a voice or the American Idol, mm-hmm. you know, start to get a little, little confident, you know, build yeah. some confidence in you. And um, oh, yeah. then you start to, then you start to like, well, I, I usually sing it this song this way, but let's try and up it a, a notch, you know, like Tennessee whiskey. That's my go-to song to let the pipes roll, man. <laughs> and, um, like this set of confidence just comes over you and you just belt it out and um, you try some new things out and you see how it goes. And people really are receptive of it and they're really positive. So, yeah, that's a, that's a great point about kind of like, I, I think a lot of the times I personally believe that like confidence starts within, right. It starts from an internal standpoint. Absolutely. Once you get to a, a level where other people are almost validating what you're doing and and there's probably and there's probably a lot of people who might not validate what we're doing saying oh that he's not that great or oh dj doesn't know what he's talking about or jack doesn't know what he's talking about right and and they may try to to hurt that confidence out of maybe their own insecurities or their own fears or failures right when you stay true to what you're truly confident with and what is your passion and what you truly believe is is your calling in your soul's you know birth into the world then other people who are there to really support you will start to validate you, right? And we'll start to say, "Hey, you actually sound really good." Like I actually enjoy hearing hearing you sing, and that's right. when it starts to get to those those next levels, right? Exactly. Then other people. A, sorry, not to cut you off, but I was just gonna say, like Coach Gibbs, he always says, "Someone else's opinion about us is none of our business." None of our business. So, and there's a there's a saying, Charlie Daniels. I'm reading his book. The book title never look at the empty seats. Mm-hmm. So kind of, kind of plays into what you just said there. Don't play to the naysayers. You play for the people, even if it's just one person. Yep. Even if one person in the crowd is clapping and cheering you on and the other 99 people are booing you, you play for that one person and Percent. slowly, but surely build up a fan base, build your confidence up one person at a time or one positive comment at a time. Yeah. And I, compound I, I love that analogy, right? Play, play, don't play to the empty seats. And last night, uh, last night I was actually in a group, uh, group coaching session. We were talking about people liking us. And if we have 10 people who really like us, maybe even love us as a, as a friend. And then we have one person who doesn't like us is more of our attention on that one person that doesn't like us versus the other 10 who really enjoy our presence. Exactly. 
Right. So that's, it's, it's an interesting thing to think about, right? Like, like we are always, we all want to be loved and we all want to be liked yet. There's going to be some people who might just not agree with what we're doing and that's okay. Right. Yeah, that's fine. They're not in our crowd. And, and I'm not doing it for you. I'm <laughs> doing it for me. Exactly. So, yeah. all right, Jack, so what is, uh, what's been one of the, the greatest challenges that you've had to overcome along this journey from, you know, before quarantine, I mean, well, quarantine kind of when you picked up the guitar to, you know, perform at Blue Barn last week. Yeah, I guess one of the biggest ones, what well, I mean, if I'm being technical, mm-hmm. one of the biggest ones was actually like getting the muscle memory of my fingers mm-hmm. on the guitar. But with anything, you do it a 100,000 times, you get pretty good at it mm-hmm. over time. My big thing, another, well, which kind of leads into my second part, second part here, excuse me. Social media, I followed like guys who just shred on the guitar. And here I am like playing hot cross buns over here. You know what I mean? And trying to take a little snippet of what they do and not be discouraged. But I remember vividly watching this one guy on YouTube. He said, the biggest problem with why people don't play the guitar anymore is because of people like this. And it pans to a guy just shredding. And he's like, listen, that guy was in your shoes at one point. Mm. You know, he didn't know what a C chord to a B minor. I'm just throwing random stuff out. Yeah. He didn't know anything. And I, I there's still stuff that I don't know. Um. But being where your feet are, blooming where you're planted, mm-hmm. there's taking some pride in where you're the humble beginnings of where you have become or where you've come from and, and where you're going. And it's just all about the journey and what you're learning than the destination. Because a lot of people, I feel like, especially when they want to learn an instrument, whether it's the guitar or not, they want to be, and I'll just use this as an example, they want to be the Eddie Van Halen of the guitar or the Michael Jordan of basketball or the Tiger Woods of golf, just using plenty of other examples. But what they see is Eddie Van Halen tapping and playing eruption. Like it's nobody, nobody's business. They see Michael Jordan shooting a three pointer, LeBron James doing this incredible dunk. They see Tiger Woods hitting a hole in one or somebody, but what they don't see is the practice in the hours spent alone in the basement or in the court or in the weight room, really mastering their craft. Mm -hmm. So I kind of rambled on a little bit there. I apologize, but um, I think that's a great point around like I've heard before you get rewarded in public for what you do in private. Exactly. And, And people don't see the, you know, you know, every master was once a student, right? Exactly. At one point, in these individuals' lives, they decided, you know, Tiger Woods said, hey, this game of golf looks fun. Let's do it, right? Mm-hmm. James said, hey, this basketball looks kind of cool, right? Let's put it through the hoop and let's yeah. start, right? Every journey begins with one step, right? Right. And you were actually the person who told me about, you know, you eat an elephant one bite at a time. I remember Amen, the first, brother. Right? I remember the first time you told me that in Starbucks and that stuck with me forever, right? We, yeah. We, every single thing that we really want to do that's important to us and it's this mountain right that we don't necessarily know how we're going to achieve it 
right? And we get stuck in that how that my my coach I work with, she says, you put your how hat on, you get and you're stuck and you literally just stop moving, right? Yeah. You want to focus more on the why, right? Why is this important to me? Why is this passionate? Why am I passionate about this topic? And right. you mentioned a great point too about, you know, people stop playing guitar because of this guy who's just shredding on it, right? And it's it's almost like this idea around comparison, right? Who do exactly. we compare ourselves to? in order to make us in, on accidentally making us feel inadequate. And there's this, uh, this book called the gap and the gain. I've talked about it a couple of times and it's fantastic. One of the best books I've ever read. Uh, it talks about basic, basically how high achievers typically compare themselves to their gaps, right? They basically notice the things they don't have, or they compare themselves to people who are ahead of them instead of comparing themselves to their gains. Right. It's in there. They basically say, measure yourself backwards. So picture yourself where you were in the summer of 2019, right? In Nashville, saying, if he can do it, I can do it. And then all the way up until, you know, performing in front of 300 people at Blue Barn, right? And doing, right. doing pretty confidently, right? Yeah. It was a fast transition to that point. So, you know, one thing for everybody who's listening, be careful, be very careful with who you compare yourself to. Right. Amen. And, and I've yeah. heard multiple times, compare yourself to who you were yesterday, right? And that's really, that's really the ultimate game, right? Create, don't compete, right? Yeah. Create yourself, create a new version of yourself. Don't necessarily compete with others because then we're going to get stuck in this how in this rat race. Yeah. And I think too, like social media and just the day and age that we're in, just this sense of instant gratification. People just want everything right now instant coffee or instant messenger go on YouTube. You know, I want to watch like me, you know, we were just talking offline. I wanted to watch Scooby-Doo the other day. Boom. Scooby-Doo is right there. Yeah. But we're kind of in this era of like, we want everything right now, mm -hmm. but with something that's truly worth having like a skill and being a master at something, it takes doing it and, Pardon my French, but fucking it up. Yeah. 20, 30, 40,000 times oh, yeah. for you to learn and really get that muscle memory. Because, I mean, I can't tell you how many times, you know, I'm trying to practice like a scale or something on the guitar. And I'm earlier today was practicing a little bit and I just couldn't get it right. Mm -hmm. And then you get it right once and it's like, oh, that's how you do it. So then, try and do it again. You mess up a couple of times and you get it right again. It's like, Oh, got to figure out what am I doing wrong here? And you don't practice till you get it wrong. You don't practice till you can't get it wrong. Oh, let me back up. You don't practice till you get it right. You practice until you can't get it wrong. Yeah. You know? So I guess just taking solace in the fact that like what you said, being better than you were yesterday, even if it's 2% better or 1% better or a half a percent better, that's still a half a percent that you don't have to get later on. Mm -hmm. And over time, you'll become something that is just incredible. Yeah. I, and I, I, I think that's a great question to always ask ourselves is, you know, what's different than yesterday? Right. Like, like, what did I, what did I do yesterday? And this is one of the things that I always, uh, I do every night before I go to bed is I write down three gains that I had that day, right? What are just mm -hmm. three things that went well today that I can kind of hold on to, right? Going into the next day. 
And then I write down three things that I want to happen the next day, right? Because you're almost priming your your mind for success. So uh, right. what, one other thing too, Jack, I, want, I was curious about is uh, what's been the most rewarding in in teaching yourself how to play the guitar? Because I mean, I, I think that's so kick-ass that you taught yourself to play the guitar in this quick of a of a of a window, right? Yeah. Dedicated to it, like the way you described it, I loved it, right? You went, all right, I went five minutes for a week, then I went 10 minutes, then I went 15 minutes, right? That's consistency. And that's really staying disciplined to consistency. Like, I mean, I, I personally believe consistency is just repetition. Discipline is difficult consistency, right? Yeah. Anybody be anybody can be consistent with with watching Netflix for 30 days in a row, but can you be disciplined to drinking a gallon of water every day? Right. It's exactly harder consistency. So, you know, what right. is the most rewarding uh, aspect of this to you throughout all this consistency? I would say there's a couple things. And I I should note that I didn't teach everything myself. I did seek out some professional help and got a couple of lessons here and there and some online stuff that I paid for. But a majority of it, I, I did teach myself. But I guess knowing that, okay, a majority of it, I taught myself, I kind of figured it out my own way. And at Blue Barn, there was a group of girls off to my left, just two of them sitting there. And I was playing a song. It was a pretty popular 90s country song. And I look over to them while I'm singing it. And they're kind of mouthing the words and like kind of dancing, like looking at each other. And I was like, wow, that's, that's really cool. I'm singing something that they want to hear, Yeah, you know? Um, and I think the re another reason why I do it is just to, so I could connect with people mm -hmm. and just help people forget about their work or their, God forbid, their boyfriend or their girlfriend or their mortgage payment or their car payment or something for a little while and just give them a three, four minutes of a song that they really like to hear, sing it well enough for them to forget about it for a while and, and have some fun. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the most rewarding for me, um, I think, for yeah. sure. And, and is that what inspired your, so the song that you wrote, right? Tell, tell yeah. them a little bit about the song that you wrote. Yeah. So you got a singer songwriter here, guys. <laughs> uh, um, the song I wrote, it's called Out of Office. It's it's coming out sometime on Memorial Day weekend. Um, it's just a, it's a fun, you know, party drinking song about getting out of the office. Because, you know, I worked at a corporate job. And when you go out of office, you have to put up, I'll be out of the office for X amount of days on your computer. Right. And you, you know, you have to put up, I'll be out from this day to this day, blah, 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 blah. But I'm thinking like, what do I really want to say <laughs> that like, like in my out of office message and what can like connect with people? What can like be authentic and relatable to others who are working a corporate job or, or a teacher or working in, in um, the trades. And they got to say, Hey, I'm going to be out of the office for, or out of the work, out of work for a couple of days on vacation. Um, and um, I think that's what music, not just country music, but music in general is just relating to common people's ex experiences. You know, there's, there's a lot of, beer drinking songs because people like drinking beer. There's songs about heartbreak because everybody's been heartbroken at least once or twice in their life, you know? 
So it's not just because it's popular. It's because it's happened to real people. Yeah. And the, the common man, the common woman, it's all happened to everybody. So everybody can relate to songs at one song at some point in their life. And, um, you know, just as long as you can connect with people and, and give them something that they can relate to, then you got something really special for sure. You know, Jack, I think you bring up such an interesting and I think comical point, right, of those out of the office messages. I think that is so relatable, right, because we've all been out of the office before and probably had to set up one of those and figure out, all right, I'm going to be gone on this date, this time, right, forward all your messages to this number or this person. So that that's a a very popular commonality to your point that people are going to relate to, right? And and I think one of the the funny things, the, the comical pieces, could you imagine if people were 100% honest in their yeah. office and basically like, hey, I'm going to be out of the office. I'm going to be blasted on a beach for six days. Don't email right. me. Don't call me. I'm not emailing you back. Thank you. Yeah. There's a, <laughs> the, the hook in my song is I'm out of the office and not sure when I'm coming home because it's like, I don't want, I don't really want who's on vacation. It's like, yeah, I'm ready to go home, you know? So imagine, like you said, to your point, DJ, if you yeah. said like, Hey, I'm going to be out of the office. I'm not sure when I'm coming home. Your boss is going to look at you like, what, what, like, what are you talking about, man? So, um, yeah, it's just being as br brutally honest and, and transparent. That also helps you connect and, and be authentic and be your true self to, to others. And people respect that. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that plays into who you are to your character. You've always been authentic and you've always been genuine and you're you. And if yep. we're Jack, we're going to get Jack and that's why people love you. So mm -hmm. that's an important trait. Yeah. Uh, all right. So last question here that I want to, I want to start asking everybody who we're, we feature on this podcast. Uh, what do you think the key to being a stronger human is? Oh boy. Um, I guess the key is for me, my dad always told me life's all about choices. You know, you, you make a choice. It might be the wrong choice. It might be the right choice. You won't know until you make the choice, but if, if it's the right choice, all right, that's good. If it's the wrong choice, well, what do we learn? Mm -hmm. You know, um, and always trying to have that, inner battle with yourself like do i make this choice to make that like to your point earlier do i watch netflix for another hour it's already 10 30 11 o'clock at night i gotta get up and go to work tomorrow or do i say you know what i've already watched seven hours of netflix today one i don't need another hour let's go to bed mm -hmm. um so i guess just knowing that the choices you make will dictate the outcomes of your life in no, it's nobody else's fault, but yours. Yeah. Taking accountability for your actions and the choices that you make, whether they're good, bad, or indifferent, they're your choices. Mm. Like I had a choice to play in front of 300 people at Blue Barn. I made that choice because that's what I wanted to do. There's some people who make a choice to go spray paint a building and get in trouble mm -hmm. with the police. Yeah. And then that gets them in the system. Mm -hmm. You know, there's people who make a choice to work a construction job over a corporate job. I know plenty of friends that do that, mm -hmm. but that's their choice. So to wrap it up, 
be, be mindful of the choices you make and the repercussions that come from those choices are direct from you and your character. And you have to live with them. Nobody else has to live with them. My dad always told me, he's like, hey, you got to do it. I'm, I'm just telling you what I'm thinking, but you're going to have to do it. You're going to have to make the choice mm-hmm. if you want to do this or that. Yeah. And it's you, not me. So, you know, classic dad, like giving you the, the, the giving you the straight answer there, but like, it's true. You know, you got to live with the choices you make. Mm-hmm. And I think the more people who realize like it's, it's, it's them or I should say the more people who realize like it's, it's their choice. It's not somebody else's fault and take, and they look inward and say, this is, I'm the reason I'm in this position that I'm in now. There's no telling what we can, we can do, you know, as a country, as a community, you know, making sure we make the right choices to ultimately become better people and better humans. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a hundred percent right. Right. We a hundred percent accountability of your life, right? Don't exactly. Don't play the victim. Don't say that your life is determined by external circumstances. We have 100% control over our attitude and over our effort and over the decisions that we make, right? 100%. And those choices lead to the results that we get. What we focus on leads to the results that we get. And so so awesome. Our our life is really a timeline of choices. Absolutely. I agree. Jack, before we uh, we wrap this up, how can the listeners all connect with you so we can we can see your beautiful music? Yeah, so um, I'll be on uh, hopefully in the near future on Spotify, on all platforms, Apple Music, whatever you listen to. That's on the to do list. I'm currently on Instagram and TikTok at Jack Thomas Country. Um, I'm also on Facebook as well, Jack Thomas Country. Go give my page a like and follow. And if you see me out at one of my shows, feel free to come up, say hello. Uh, let me know what you want to hear. I'm more than happy to try and play something that you like. I'm up for a challenge. And I really appreciate all the engagement and all the support along the way. It's meant a huge, huge lot to me. It's it's just incredible. The, the time span of when I started to where I'm at now. A quick story, if I could, Deej, if I got yeah. some time. Yeah. I we went to work from home March 16th. Um, that was the day they that my former job sent us to all work from home for quarantine. That's when I picked up the guitar for the first time. March 16th of 2020. Yeah, March 16th of 2020. Fast forward to March 16th of 2023. I sang in a spring showcase at the Hochstein School in downtown Rochester, which is one of the oldest churches in America. Their auditorium used to be the Central Presbyterian Church, one of the oldest churches still standing in America. And if you would have told me three years ago, Jack, you're going to be singing in a showcase at one of the oldest churches in America, I would have told you, you're crazy. So trust in God. He knows exactly what's going on at all times. I have faith that he has a plan for me and make the right choices. And you know, tell them what your life's going to turn out to be. Mm. We'll end it on that. Got mm. me a little misty there at the end there, Jack. Well Bring done. a tear to your eye. <laughs> tear to your eye. Uh, well, well, Jack, thank you so much, brother. Uh, thank you. I appreciate I, it. No no problem, man. I, I always love hearing your perspective on things. Not only do you make me laugh, but you make me think. right? And I think that is a, a beautiful 
a beautiful combination and I'm really, really fucking proud of you. Right. I'm Thanks, bro. Yeah, that means a lot. And you've been a huge supporter of me just from being there to from the beginning, man. Hey, how does this sound? Bleeding from the ear. Like, I had to, where I, we're at now, man. I had, to, I had to gauge all of it in the beginning. It wasn't pretty in the beginning, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing is, man, but you just keep working at it and it becomes pretty at the end. Outstanding, brother. Well, well, I'm very proud of you and I'm so freaking excited to see where this goes right i mean you're i like i seriously when i walked into blue barn i was like there's like 300 people here and you have this crowd move it was loud the place was buzzing people were getting hammered drunk i was like this place is awesome it's like this is this feels like a country concert in the middle of hilton new york and there you were with your tight jeans up in the top Well, that's the look now, man. I know. I didn't, I didn't choose it, man. The, oh, the look God. is the look for a reason. Mr. I hope I made it look good. Oh, I, I, it's Mr. Quadriceps. Guy was bulging out of those things. <laughs> yeah, they, they were pretty tight. Yeah, I hope I, I hope uh, I hope it was still child appropriate. <laughs> for sure. No, it definitely was, brother. So, all right. Well, thank you so much tonight, uh, Jack, for, for coming on. Uh, I hope everybody enjoyed this episode, we learned a little bit about choices. We learned a bit, little bit about, you know, every journey begins with one step. You know, compare yourself to who you were yesterday. And every master was a student at first, right? Fantastic. All right, episode number 84. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And we will talk to you guys next week. We'll see you.